The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Connor Happer. I'm probably smarter than I than I portray at times. Mike Schaefer. I am really dumb. This is is Happer and Schaefer. Hey, thanks for the uh, reminder earlier from the text line. We are going to begin a crossover segment with Tom and Bach today. Should be named. The are, we, are we going with the handout? I, I kind of like it. Okay, we're going with the handout. Works. You hand it off from, I mean, basically, we end the morning and we hand it off to the quote-unquote afternoon, even yeah. though it'll be 11 o'clock. The Eastern afternoon. Yeah, the Eastern time afternoon. Yeah. I don't know how we could work that into the title of it. We're going to we're gonna do that today, and we'll, we'll try and do that going forward, um, because there's no reason we shouldn't. We'll get their uh, opinions on... The things that we were talking about today. Um, Paul Chris today, Wisconsin's coach, announced that their leading rusher, Ches Malusi, will miss the remainder of the year. Huh? It's not the Allen guy? He's, well, Malusi is their leading rusher. He was not their top back now. I, he, he is their leading rusher on the season. Gotcha. Yeah. They're uh, a weird team. Weird team. They've had a lot of questions at running back. Jalen Berger left the team yep. earlier in the year. And it's, Allen is the guy now. Braylon right? Allen is yep. the official guy now, yep. yes. And um, so they were still using Malusi, uh, but obviously less than they were in the beginning. He just has accumulated the most yards because he's been around kind of the longest. With that being said, he's having a halfway decent season, 815 rushing yards, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, and he has five touchdowns as well. But they've really kicked into a different gear here with Braille and Allen, um, who's averaging 7.1 yards per carry and six touchdowns on the year. Not bad. Yeah, well. That is Nebraska's next opponent. People, people forget. forget there are two games left. <laughs> I, I do sometimes. This week has made me forget that. I've remembered a lot when about when the games happen. We may want to forget that. I've remembered a lot about uh, coaching staffs and 
basketball I, this week. I know this isn't where we wanted to start it, and we'll have far more time to get into this next week. But, like, I'm trying to decide if how much a win against either Wisconsin or Iowa would matter for people this year. I think finishing against Iowa would be yeah. very helpful in my in my mind. Because at the very least, you're not 0-4 against it, Iowa. It just is like, yes, there's that. You could look at it from the big picture. It just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth. And I know this season's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths no matter what. So, I mean, that that's kind of already out the window. But if you, if you beat Iowa, I mean... That has a chance to – I don't know if it changes – it obviously doesn't change the entire narrative. There's still a lot of questions for Nebraska going into 2022, and you're still kind of like on the hot seat. But it gives you a a jolt, I think, that yeah. this program hasn't quite had. Right? Yeah. Oh, well, they haven't beaten those teams. And you, get, you had essentially three shots of them here at the end of the year, hung with Ohio State and lost. We'll see what happens with Wisconsin. And then Iowa, like I said, I just, I don't, I, I would be fascinated to find out what the reaction that people have to that. If it's just sort of a, yeah, whatever, or if it's a, okay, you know, maybe, maybe they needed to clean house sooner. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. I don't think it would, it wouldn't be that exactly, but yeah. it, it would be nice. Really. It, well, it would be what the first time they'd enter the off season. Well, I guess last year they, they had a win against Rutgers to kind of end things. So I always go back to it, but the, you know. I know they lost in 2018, but they played really well against Iowa, and they finished the season really well. Yeah. Um, and you just felt like you kind of wanted to keep playing, and they didn't get the opportunity to because they were 4-8. and eight. Right. And even though they were one game better in 2019, the way that ended, and the, they should have won that game. Man. How much time? That was horrible. It was a horrible way to start the 2019 offseason. How much time do you think you and I in this studio I've have devoted to 2019 Iowa-Nebraska? Iowa, I weirdly feel like we're the only people who talk about it, too. And I know. Everyone else is wrong, then. I know. Because if you were like, Mike, make a list of the pivotal games of the Scott Frost era, that's number one. It's number one. It is the most direct chance they had to having a winning season. It was an opportunity it's to go exactly get direct, a yeah. win against, I think Iowa was ranked at that time. Yep. Um, your biggest rival. You had the at ball. Home. And your defense started to show signs of what it would become during 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. by how well run. it played in just its base set once it didn't give up those big plays. Like There's so much in that game. Like I, I go back to that game all the time. Because it represents the good and the bad of everything Scott Frost. It is the epitome of the Scott Frost era. And until there's another game that pushes it out, it's number one for me. Can I, can, would you budge at all on Michigan State and Michigan this year? No. Um, because I, I, I think the story 2019 Iowa tells us is more directly linked to what Nebraska football has actually been for four years. There's definitely like a finality about the Iowa game in 2019. I mean, it's the last game of the year. Yep. If you, you win, needed to win it, if you win, you're going to a bowl game. You know, you beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. All that, like you, you check about four boxes simply with a win in that game. Yep. You know, and you had it in your hands. Where Michigan State and Michigan this year don't necessarily accomplish that, but it would be a big win for Michigan State. It would be a road win. Yep. 
Um, I think that would be, you know, awfully kind of important. But then there's the kind of gray area of how are they able to follow it up? And that we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, of the you two, know. Michigan State might be the closest for me. Michigan, the more I think about it, the more that game feels like a total outlier because of so much that happened is just in the second half for them. Um, but part of the why the Iowa game matters so much to me is if you just pull different strands from it. You got an Adrian Martinez experience where he had the opportunity to go win a game, and not only does he not do that, he runs out of bounds. You have a Nebraska defense that holds up really well for most of the second half, but they need to get off the field in the final 45 seconds to give themselves an opportunity in overtime, and you get stupid penalties that basically puts Iowa yep. in position to win the game. And the field goal kicker kiss blows a kiss. J.D. Spielman fair catches a ball at the two-yard line. Nebraska kicks off and gives up a special teams touchdown. Mm -hmm. Like you, you just have everything that you think you felt like you've seen in the Scott Frost era, you saw in the Iowa 2019. It did happen in that game. It's so all-encompassing, it's almost nauseating. Yep. Like the, the day before the 2021 season starts, and BC and I are sitting in this hotel room in God knows where, Illinois, and we're watching this game back, and I'm just thinking to myself, I couldn't, like, if I had to watch film of this, yeah. I would break sick. so many, like, what they did in that game was maddening. Both, on both sides of it. Here's, the, here's, I guess, the thing about that game. Going into it, it didn't feel that big because it already felt like that season was kind of a death march. It was just like, can we just end it, you know? And, uh, and yet, so they, they beat Maryland, and there was that, like, little glimpse of hope. Yeah. Of, like, okay, if they just get this, you're 6-6. Six and Because six. I knew what was coming with the recruiting. Like, I, I knew that they were going to, to be able to to get some of these guys at the end and Jaden Francois, and obviously none of them are right are going to have paid off, so whatever. Mm -hmm. But in the time of 2019, it's like I kind of knew that this was sort of out there. Like, they're, they're going to have a chance to finish with a flurry. If you combine that with a bowl win, there you was can our, really set yourself up. The, the rumors were very hot at the time about J.D. Spillman and his yep. future with the team. Well, Troy Walters. Troy Walters and his yep. future, yeah. So there's just it, – it just felt like it was – that it felt like the book had kind of been written on that 2019 season well, before that game. But it kind it of felt like the change was coming. Right. And that maybe Nebraska winning was going to open the door to the next level of this program. And it did not. They did not win, and the door was not open. The door was not open. It remained closed. Texture says, I don't care what our record is. I want to beat Iowa. I, I agree with you. I, and we – you know, this is a bye week, and obviously there's a lot of things that have happened this week. You know, next week's really important. I, I don't want to minimize the Wisconsin game either. That's a team Nebraska needs to look better against. Um, and they've been close to beating a lot of times over the last six years, basically, but haven't gotten over that hump. Um, they've played well at times. They've played poorly at times. But it's a representative of, of – of, you know, a team like Wisconsin, they they know exactly who they are. Even in a year where they might not have the personnel to kind of be what they want to be, they've turned the corner at the right time, right? So if you can give them a good challenge um, next week, I think that's important as well. Um, <laughs> Shane says, so a team with running back issues facing Nebraska out of our bye, I'm sure this will go splendid. I don't think they really have running back issues. It's They, they have Braylon Allen. He's going to be – a problem. One of the better ones that they'll have faced. Wisconsin has really kind of figured themselves out. I mean, they 
it it's funny because they have all these issues and yet what they ended up doing was more or less doubling down on exactly what they are, which is just try to minimize Graham Mertz as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Defense will put us in great position and we're just going to run well enough to go win games. Here's Scott. Fr- so a couple things here. We'll take this segment a little bit longer then we'll, we'll get into the, um, somebody suggested brunch buddies. Oh, for the, for the crossover thing. Okay. We can throw that at him. Feels, uh, I, I don't know that it feels it like a little too much theme yeah. a little bit, you know, but brunch, I get it. Yeah. Brunch bros. We welcome in our brunch bros. It's harder to say. I still like the handoff. Yeah, the handoff is better. Uh, here's Scott Frost yesterday. He was asked about his plan for a special teams coordinator. Are you going to hire a full-time special teams coordinator? Potentially. I'll tell you what, Mike Dawson has done a great job running the special teams. Um, obviously, he has people in the building that are helping him in the office with that. Um, but our special teams have vastly improved. Um, our our specialists, we need to continue to get better in those roles. But our coverage units, uh, when you watch the tape and, and compare to where we've been, um, I'm really happy with the progress we've made there. So... I think that's just uh, when we put the puzzle together, figure out if that's a possibility or not. If it is, I would love to. You know, I I understand the initial reaction to that is like, really? What are you talking about? The special teams have gotten better. Tell tell me where. And this is back to where the, the point that I always make about special teams. A lot of times it is very difficult to see progress in any way, shape, or form when Either A, your field goal kicker isn't making kicks, uh, B, your punter's having bad punts, C, your returner's just fair catching it every time. And maybe that's at the direction of the of the staff, and we could dive into that part of it too. But it's difficult to tell progress. So I guess I don't have an answer on that. Like, would you say that the special teams have gotten better this year? Probably not. But would you say they, it, they they have if you if you cleaned up some of the specialist things like kicking and punting, would it be clear that they've gotten better? Maybe. So, but that's a part of it. So they've they've gotten better, but not in a percent jump that is so visible that it hits you in the face. Yeah, like their their kick return unit or their kick coverage unit is better because they went and got a guy who puts the ball through the end zone. Sure. More. Absolutely. And so, you know, they're better there because of it. Their, um, their actual punt return unit, once they replace Cam Taylor Britt has gotten better. Like it's, you know, it's not, it's not a threat to, to scare you, but around college football, like that's becoming harder and harder to do as it is anyways. And at some point, Many people, myself included, were saying you just need a group that secures the ball. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they're doing that. So um, it really hones in on the most visible, which is the field goal kicking. Is That is now the most visible thing possible because both when Nebraska plays teams and Nebraska itself, people have seen an extraordinarily high amount of missed kicks. Uh, not recently with with uh, Ohio State's kicker, who's fantastic, but um, it's a it's a situation where because that's so incredibly visible, that's all I think people really think about now. 
with the special teams and do they, they have to get better with other stuff too but it has gotten better from 2019 and 2020 like go back to that 2019 Iowa game or 2019 Wisconsin or you can you can pick a bunch of it in there it is better than that Shane, it's not good yet that's the problem. I agree with that. So the the wording is is where we want to get down to here. Shane asks, "Is a good special teams unit the one you don't ha- one that you don't have to talk about?" No, a fine special teams unit is one that you don't have to talk. And about. And they're not even there yet. I think I I think they're fine at kick kick coverage because yep. they have a guy who can kick it into the end zone. I think they're fine at punt returning because yep. they don't do anything. It's n- neither a positive nor negative at this point. And it, had, was, it was a negative at the beginning of the year. They've been close a couple times on punt block. Yeah. Uh, they haven't connected on that yet. But they, they have picked spots well with that. One thing that still concerns me, you can still fake a punt on them when they're in full Seems return like mode. like you're seeing numbers. Yeah. yeah. The Ohio State punter could have ran for 25 yards He could have illinois it. He could have danced for the last 15. Oh, wow. That would have been fun to watch. Yeah, it could have been. So my answer to that would be no. A good special teams unit is one that actually makes plays for you. Yep. And maybe makes a, you know, while making the 35-yard field goals also drops one in from 52 every now and again. Or takes a punt return that looked like it was going to be nothing and made it into 15 yards. You know, Nebraska hasn't had a 15-yard punt return, yeah. I don't think, in like what, several 11? years. 11 is their long so far? Yeah, I It's think either 11 it. or 14. I forget which. So they're not. They're obviously not even there yet. I think they are serviceable in a lot of areas. And then they're pretty bad still in specialists. Yeah. Specifically, they have to find a better punter and a better kicker, and I know that this is obnoxious. It's hard. Because you want it to be just about the coaching sometimes. Right. But if you go look at the kick return or kick coverage unit, it's better because they went and got a guy who did the thing that allows you to not get beat. And so with the punting, it's probably more difficult than with the place kicking. But if you can get a place kicker that you feel like, cause the, the issues are twofold. I mean, you have to have the kicker that can make the kick. You also, I think have to be better on your interior wall, because as you have often pointed out, they spend far too much of their time looking up at the sky after a yep. snap, yep. Uh, meaning they're knocked down too often so that they can be stronger in that aspect too. But Look, I- you don't expect Connor Culp to go from Big Ten Kicker of the Year to being completely unable of making a 32-yard field goal after making a 50-yard field goal in the same game. I will say this, though. I mean, when they got Culp, when they brought in Culp, Culp was LSU's backup. Mm-hmm. You know, he was benched. They brought him in, gave him another chance, and did, I think, fine for them when he won Big, T- Big Ten Kicker of the Year last year. I didn't expect that it would go this bad for him, but they they need a kicker who is going to make some some challenging kicks. You sure. know what I mean? Now they need one who can make the obvious ones as well. And that's that's been the problem I think that I didn't expect from Colt because he was so good at it right. last year. But they need one that could be a plus for them too. I don't know where that is. I don't know how you just maybe it's just luck of the draw. Um probably not. I mean it's, that's been a specialty at Nebraska for a long time. It had been sort of ago. something you could set your watch to. Like, you're just going to have a kicker that you completely and utterly rely on. Right. And it's no longer the case anymore. And then 
punting is the same thing as well. So, and they've, I mean, they have brought in probably 12 different people to, to attempt kicks at this point. Uh, over three, over four and, years. And I don't mean just in games, but like different, like they, they have brought in like the IMG Academy kicker. They brought in guys from Oklahoma, Western Nebraska. Yeah. So it's like they're attempting this. Mm-hmm. They just haven't gotten the right guy. And so there's only so much that you can do in terms of just coaching as it relates to a kicker. You'll try again next year. I mean, Chase Contreras was brought in to, to be more successful than he was, and he had a really bad kick on Saturday. Yep. You have to live with that to a degree. All right. Um, let's take a break here. Coming up next, we will debut the handoff. The Yeah, the handoff. That's the what handoff. we're going with. Uh, Tom and Bach will join us. And they'll begin their show next. More of Happer and Shaper is coming your way on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 